Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from Pastor Fred Hewitt as he teaches a message titled, Getting It Completely. Let's join in now. Well, hey, that's a pretty good sermon right there, wasn't it? I mean, let's just, you want to pack up and go home? <laughs> this is our third installment in our series called It. Our third installment. Now, if, you, if you've missed them, you can catch up online. Did, did you know that we post our messages online every week? I think it's up by Tuesday night. I, I think that's when Andy gets them up by Tuesday night. So you can see it. We videotape them, and they are... Uh, appearing online. So if you have not caught the first two installments in our series, It, we would encourage you to, uh, to find that. Our series, It, began two weeks ago with It Matters. It Matters. And Pastor Dave began to uh, explain what is it. And we said it's kind of hard to explain and hard to define, but one thing for sure, when you go into a church that has it, you know it, Right? You've been there. This is a good place to nod your head. Anybody here know how to say amen? Amen. Amen. When you go into a church that has it, you know it. And when you go into a church that doesn't have it, you know it. I've been to many of those, haven't you? Now, I'm not trying to slam those churches or put them down or be critical of our sister churches and pastors, but I can tell you I've been in many of those, and I just kind of endured it. Have you ever endured a church? It was just trying to hang on, you know. It, I mean, who needs to endure another sermon from the preacher, right? We've had enough of that. God, I want to know that you're real and that you are alive. God, I want to be in a church that has it, where lives are being changed and marriages are being healed, where you're working your miracles on a regular basis. And I can tell you because I've been here since its inception helping Pastor Dave we have it, and it's not about you or me or good leadership or equipment or being in a cool building on a cool morning. It's all about the presence and power of the Almighty God. And I believe people all over the world, which appears to me has gone crazy, we're living in a crazy day in a crazy world. I believe people all over the world are acting the way they act and doing the things they do and believing the things they believe because they're searching for it. They're searching for the power and presence and a God that is real. And we've found him, and he's here. And he wants to be a part of not only this church, but he wants to be a part of your life. And so in our first installment in this series, Pastor Dave talked about it matters. And then last week... I had to be out at one of our sister churches. Last week, Pastor Dave spoke about seeing it clearly. He talked about our vision, what we are all about, and why we exist. And these two messages primarily addressed the mission of the church, the church in general, the church universal, and the mission specifically of Elevation Church. But today we want to explore it on a personal level. And so we've called this installment, the third installment, Getting It Completely. Pastor Dave wanted me to call it uh, Getting Full of It. (laughs) But I just didn't have the guts to do it, you know. I I was afraid you'd you'd run me off if I talked about 
being full of it and getting full of it. And, and then I was thinking, well, some of you guys are already full of it. So, you know, no, getting it completely on a personal level, on a personal level. How, how can we on a personal level experience the power and presence of God in our everyday life? Not just come to a church that has it. You see, there is a huge difference between a church that's got it and people who don't have it. You see, churches with it are filled with people who have it, and they attract people who want it. And I believe that describes Elevation Church. Some of you here today have it the power and presence of God alive and working in your life on a personal basis. And so if you're here at the end of this message today, I'm hoping and praying that God will move you here. And some of you here are here today because you want it. The power and presence of God at work is not there in your everyday life. And you want it, you need it, and that's why you are here today, not by accident, well, somebody invited me today, or I've been seeing the billboard and saw your sign and been wanting to come. No, you are here today because God has brought you here supernaturally, and you're here today because you want it. And I hope you'll find it. We'll, we'll introduce you to it today, the power and presence of the Almighty God. And so if you have your Bible today, take it and let's see what God has to say about getting it completely and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. If you have one of the uh, church Bibles here, it's page 667. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And here's what... The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth under the inspiration and leading of the Holy Spirit of God. So this is, this is God speaking as Paul would, would write it down. And he said this, But we all with unveiled faces beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, a little hard to understand. Let me read it for you. In, in, uh, that was the New King James. Let me read it to you through the New Living Translation. A little easier to understand. It says, we can see. Now, this, this we is referring to the people of God, the people at the church in Corinth, or the people of God today, those who have made a decision to be a Christ follower. Then this describes you, we, the people of God, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us, his followers, more and more like him as we are changed or transformed into his glorious image. And so when you've got it, this is your first blank on the back side of your program. Turn it over and write this down. Are you writing it down? Are you writing this down, Mike? Mike's writing it down. Good. If you write it down, you'll remember it a lot longer. Go home and put it up on your refrigerator. You have magnets on your refrigerator with all kind of things up there? Do you? Christy, do, do you? 
I don't like it when Pastor Fred preaches. That's what she's thinking right now. I am not coming back. Take this home and put it on your fridge and let God speak to you all week long on what we're talking about today, okay? Here's your first blank. When you've got it, your life reflects God. Write that down. When you've got it, your life reflects God like in a mirror. That's exactly what this verse is saying. And when you do that, when people, when people see you, they see a reflection of God. Now, that's an awesome thought when you think about it for just a moment. When people see you and see me, they see a reflection of God. And so the opinion that people form of our Lord, of Jesus, of God, they form that opinion from watching the way Christ followers, Christians, you and me, the way we act. We wonder sometimes, why does the world have such a terrible view and opinion of God? Well, basically, it's our fault because they're seeing an improper reflection because you and I and the church in general, many Christians do not have it. We're not living with it. They're not seeing a clear godly reflection as they look at you and me. I know I'm stepping on our toes a little bit. I'm being critical of, of me because sometimes the way I drive and sometimes the way I act is not a godly reflection. How about you? Can you be that real before God today? Hey, take off the mask, okay? You don't have to be perfect here. Take off the mask. Quit faking it. Can we talk? Huh? Can we talk? Be real? Just me and you? Sometimes we don't act like godly men and women, don't we? Well, when you've got it in your life, your life reflects God, and, and people see that in you, and we reflect God through our words, through our attitude, our actions, our character. Our character is what you do when nobody is looking. We reflect God through our response when, when crisis happens, when we're squeezed, what do we say? How do we react? What do we do? Do we get mad? Do we get angry? Do we say things that we wish we could take back? We reflect God in our demeanor, even in our smile. Hey, I believe we reflect God in the, the football teams we root for. It's football season again, right? And would you agree with me? Pastor Dave's not here. Would you agree with me? It does, just does not reflect the character of God to root for a team from Miami, does it? I mean, how does that make sense at all? That is totally ungodly. Tell Pastor Dave when he gets back next week. <clears throat> the truth is when you reflect Jesus, people see it because you're different than you used to be. You're not the same man, the same woman you used to be. You talk different. You look different. You act different. Your drinking patterns are different. Some of you obviously need to hear this. <laughs> and when you reflect the Lord, people see it. Let's move right along here. <laughs> and why is that? You say, Fred, I, I'm not sure. Because I've tried that and I keep failing. Well, it's, it happens this way because your life has been transformed. Say transformed. 
transformed. When you are a Christ follower, when you are, are moving toward it and experiencing the power of God in your everyday life, in every decision you make, in everything you do, when you're experiencing that, it, it begins with a transformation. The scientific word for this is metamorphosis. Now, my undergraduate degree is in science, we, and I took so much biology and chemistry that I was sick of it, but I do remember metamorphosis. And you know that the, uh, the, the butterfly is the beautiful picture of metamorphosis. It begins as, a, as an egg and then a caterpillar, and then it uh, uh, becomes a uh, pupa and then, and then opens up into a butterfly. And the end result is beautiful. It's nothing like what it started as. And today we've taken the scientific word metamorphosis and we use morph. So let me ask you, what are you morphing into? Well, can I just say as a man, I found myself in, in my younger years morphing into be just like my father. And I would get angry and I would shout because that's what my father did. I thought I could correct everything by raising my voice and getting angry and shouting at my wife and my kids. I was not acting like a godly husband, a, a man that was experiencing and living it, the power and presence of God in my life. And there's other ways that I could describe my morphine, my transformation from from where I was when I became a Christ follower at the age of 19 and how it has has transgressed for 41 years. Yeah, do the math. I'm an old guy. I'm not like I used to be. And I'm very glad about that. How about you? Aren't you glad you're not like you used to be? But this is a process that begins when you become a Christ follower and every day, every week, every month, every year, God is trying to shape you and mold you into being a godly man, a godly woman, the godly person that, hey, he created you to be. He's trying to get you into your purpose, your ultimate purpose. And let me tell you, God's ultimate purpose for your life, this is worth writing down. It's right here in this verse. We are being transformed into the same image. That is the image of the Lord. God's number one goal for you is not to win the lottery or to get your house paid for or to buy a, a new F-350 pickup, unfortunately. God's number one goal for you is to mold you and shape you into the image of Jesus so that you perfectly reflect Christ. It's a process that began at this point in your life. Think about your timeline of your life. Put your finger on that point. Right here is where I admitted my life's a mess. I'm a sinner. I should go to hell, but Christ died for me so I don't have to. And by a surrender of my will, I place my faith in Christ. For me, it was age 19. My transformation began right there, and it continues every day. And sometimes, quite honestly, it feels like I'm on uh, the potter's wheel, and he's shaping me and molding me, and 
Then, then another crack is revealed, and so he crushes me all up and starts all over again. You ever felt that way? Sometimes it feels like God has sanded paper, and he's rubbing us and sanding off the rough edges. Oh, sandpaper hurts. Sometimes we say, God, what are you doing? How about Dave's eye situation? God, what are you doing? God is in the process. He uses situations just like that. Hey, situations just like you're in right now to mold you and shape you into the image of his son Jesus so that you and I will reflect more like God. You see, it's one thing to say, yeah, God is everything I need, but until you get to a place where you have nothing, you don't really know for certain that he's everything you need. And sooner or later, life has a way of getting us to that point, that point of desperation where there's no hope, no place to go except to turn to God. And I want to tell you, people that have it have been there and they've experienced the power of God in their life. And suddenly, when we turn to him, when we leave our sinful lifestyle and our sinful ways and we turn to the holiness of God, he just cleans us all up. And he gives us a fresh start. Anybody here need a fresh start in life? You can get one. God gives them out with a smile. Anybody need a fresh start again? God's grace doesn't run out. His mercy never ends. It's new and fresh every morning. And if you need those things, hey, even if you didn't raise your hand, you've come to the right place. Well, when you've got it, your life reflects God because you've been transformed. And you're just not the same person you used to be. Now, let me tell you an example of this that Pastor Dave and I saw in our church we started in Florida years ago. A lady and her, and her husband became, began attending our church and didn't know who they were. They, they came because their, their child was in Awana. And after attending a few weeks, uh, they both indicated on their connection card, we uh, have prayed to receive Christ in our life and we, we would like to be baptized. And so I talked to them about that. And as we talked in my office, I could tell that, that the lady was a little hesitant. And I finally asked her directly, what, what's holding you back here? And uh, she put her head down and she said, Pastor Fred, I need to tell you. And her husband knew this. Her husband was a cop. She said, Pastor Fred, for several years, I've had a job working two nights a week at a gentleman's club, a strip club in the south part of the county. And she explained it more fully, and I, I don't think I need to do that today, but you understand what I'm saying. The place where she took her clothes off and men paid. She said, Fred, I, I make good money doing that. But she said, ever since that time in, in church where I prayed to receive Christ, she said, I've gone to work. It just doesn't feel right to do that anymore. I used to enjoy my work and make lots of money. Now I'm not enjoying it, and I don't know what to do. She was confused by that, and she said, that, so I don't think I should be baptized. And I said, well, let me explain to you what's happened. When you become a Christ follower, you go through a metamorphosis. You're not the same person you used to be. And God is in the process of changing you. And part of God lives inside of you. And that part of God that's living inside of you is revealing to you that that type of work is sinful. 
and you should not be doing it. You need to find a new job. Oh, great, I would love to do that, she said. I want to tell you, when, when God is transforming you, when he's making you into his image, it is a process. It's not all at one time. It is a work in progress. But as you are moving more and more to be like him, you reflect him. And pretty soon, one day, as you grow older, and ultimately when we're with him in heaven, you will be just like him. So when you've got it, your life reflects it. Well, the question is, well, how is it possible? I don't understand this. I don't understand the do-better plan. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. I went to church as a kid. Yeah, I'm here today, but, you know, I just, I, I don't get it. Well, flip over a few pages to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Here's what it said. Therefore, is if anyone is in Christ, and again, this is talking about Christ followers, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Circle that in your Bible, a new creation. It continues. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's a great verse. And I want to tell you, people that have it fully recognize and understand that they are a new creation in Christ. Isn't that good? Do you realize when you became a Christ follower, when that point started for you, as I referred in, in in my life at the age of 19, if you've come to that place, you are a brand new creation. You have experienced the metamorphosis. And as God looks at you now, he doesn't see who you used to be. Isn't that good? Did you know when God looks at you now, he doesn't see all of those things that you used to do? He doesn't see that, that person, that man or that woman. When God looks at you now, he sees a brand new creation. And in Genesis 1, we see that God's creation is good. That's what he says about everything that he created. And when he created mankind in his image, with his spirit, he said mankind is very good. You're a new creation in Christ. You've gone through the metamorphosis. Now, what it means is this, that the old person, the person you used to be is dead and gone, buried. Can I give you a piece of advice? Quit dragging that old person around and remembering all the things that have happened to you. Let go of it. It wasn't your fault. Somebody else did those to you. That was the old person. That's not who you are today. All the things that you have done in the past when you were another person, that's old, that's dead, that's buried. You are now a new creation in Christ. You are alive in Christ. By the way, you say, well, why do Baptists, and we're affiliated with Baptists, why do we practice baptism by immersion? Why do we dunk? Well, that's when you translate the word properly, it means to dunk, but it symbolically means the old person is dead and buried and the new person is alive in Christ. That is why we do that. And if you've never been baptized by immersion, then you have never been baptized like Jesus was. 
And so you're a new creation in Christ. As a new creation, I see myself in a new way. That's your next blank. Write that down. As a new creation, and I did this in first person. I want you to, to, to understand it in first person. I see myself in a new way. Verse 13 says, for if we are beside ourselves, that means outside of our mind, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. Hey, some may say, Fred's crazy. I've never met a preacher like him before. Some people may say about you, hey, you've started going to that church and you're acting crazy. You've become a religious fanatic. What's wrong with you, man? Get your head screwed on right. Be, you know, let's go out and have some fun again. Let's go party. Listen, you're not a religious nut. You're a new creation. It may look nutty to other people, so what? I know what God has done for me, and I see myself in a new way. I'm not who I used to be, and I'm so glad about that. Hey, that's a good place to say amen. You're not who you used to be. As a new creation, we see Christ in a new way. Verse 16 says this, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Listen, we see Christ in a new way when you're a new creation. He's not just a good person or a good teacher or a rabbi, historical person from, from the old text. We see him as the sinless son of God who willingly died, spread eagle naked on the cross for you and for me. When we've been made into a new creation, we see Christ differently, and we also see other people differently. Other people differently. Can I tell you, this is the one where I really struggle. Sometimes I get so mad at other people. I get so mad at watching Fox TV sometimes. I'm either going to have to turn it off or throw a brick through the TV itself. I get mad at the way people drive sometimes, don't you? Hey, am I the only one with this problem? Yeah, okay. I'm still struggling here, but, but ultimately I see people in a new way. Verse 20 says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. To be reconciled with God means that you are in right standing with God. I like to say it this way. You've got to get this relationship right first, and God has done all that he can do. He's waiting on you to make a move. This relationship right between you and God. You can't get these right until you get this one right. Be reconciled with God. Get in right standing with God, and we can help explain that to you more fully after church is over if you're interested or later during the week, would be glad to talk to you about what it means to be in right standing with God and how you do that. But the word I want to amplify here is, is uh, the word ambassadors for Christ. You see, people with it that are living with it, people that get it completely, recognize that their calling is to be an ambassador for Christ. What it means to be an ambassador is that you are a personal representative he couldn't be here, so he's sending you. Christ ascended back to heaven. He created his church. If you're a Christ follower, you're a part of his church. You represent Christ, and you should reflect him completely and fully. And people who have it are striving to give a good reflection of Christ. 
and they recognize my mission on this planet is not to get another degree or to make more money or to get my 401K where it needs to be or to get a new truck or to bag the trophy bull elk this season. My mission on this planet is to be an ambassador for Christ. And people who have it on a personal basis and people who live it go to a church that has it and we understand that we are ambassadors for Christ. This reflects perfectly our mission. And you know our mission statement. If you look at your program, it's there every week. We are a church that exists to help people far from God to what? Come alive in Christ. We are Christ ambassadors, and that's why we're here. Well, the question is, how do you live it? How do you live it, Fred? You might be saying, Fred, sometimes, you know, I don't feel like a new creation. I just feel worn out and tired. I feel used, abused, cast aside. Nobody really cares. My mom gave me up. My dad left. I don't feel like a new creation. Or you might say, well, Fred, I'm, I'm still doing everything or, or a lot of the things that I used to do before I became a Christ follower. I'm still hanging with my old buds, and, and we go out, and I drink as much as I used to. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm still struggling with my, with my same addictions. Man, when I turn on the, the computer, I, I just feel this urge to go to the Internet and click on my favorite porno websites. Yeah, no, no amens right now, all right? Don't we all struggle with in these issues? We are not yet perfect. We are a people in process. Well, listen, the Apostle Paul understood this in his own day. He said, what I want to do, I do not do, and, and the things I want to do, I, 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 I can't do, and the things I do do, I don't want to do. And, and so the question is, how do we live it? And so if, if you are struggling to live the Christian life, if you are struggling to, to reflect more fully and completely the holiness of Christ in your life, hey, this next verse is for you. Turn over to page uh, 654 in your, uh, in your Elevation Bible there. 654, Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Because I believe that God had you in mind in Billings, Montana, August 24th, 2014, he had you in mind in your situation and your struggles when he had Paul write this verse right here. This one's for you. This should really encourage you. Now, he had just said, if God is for us, who can be against us? And then he describes all of these trials similar to what I described a moment ago. And then he says in verse 37, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. And the best translation I've found there is we are more than victorious. We are more than victorious. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, Jesus Christ, who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities, which means the government, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, 
nor any other created thing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God wants to position you. You need to write this one down. God wants to position you for victory, not failure. And I believe God's really the only one that wants to do that. I mean, who else in your world is trying to position you for victory in every part of your life? Victory in every issue of your life. The things that nobody really knows about but you and maybe your spouse. Who else is trying to position you to enjoy and live in victory, to be a conqueror? Who else is doing that? Do you think your boss is trying to do that for you? Can I be honest with you? No. I was in the corporate world for years. I thought State Farm would fold up and go out of business when I took early retirement. You know how long they missed me? As long as it takes to pull your finger out of the water. The length of time that, that hole is there in that glass of water, there's not a hole. It fills up immediately. That's how long I was missed. Your boss, your company, they don't care about you. Not like this. Well, maybe your, your mother, your father, your, your spouse, your husband, your wife, your children. Listen, nobody can and constantly is trying to position you for victory like God. God has set you up for victory, not for failure. Well, my daughter, she's now, let's see, Andrea's 30-something. And, uh, but when she was a little girl, she loved to go fishing with me. She and I would go fishing, and, and you know, before long, she would get tired. And so to, uh, to try to get her excited again, I would do this. I would set her up for victory as a fisherman. I would uh, catch a little fish, and I would secretly put it on her pole, her rod, and throw it in the water, and I would say, Andrea, look, look, you got one, honey. And she would start reeling that in, and she finally figured out when she was about 27, you know, that daddy was setting her up for victory. Listen, God sets you up for victory. He is not a God that sets you up for failure and folds his arm and sits back and says, I'm going to see how old Fred handles this one. <laughs> Look at him. That's not the way God is. God loves you just like you are. God knows everything about you, things that I would not want to go. I'm glad you don't have to come confess to Pastor Fred. But God knows everything about you, and he loves you just like you are. But he loves you enough to not leave you like you are. He wants to begin to shape you and mold you so that you perfectly reflect the holiness, the perfection of his son Jesus. And he sets you up for victory in every issue that you are dealing with right now. Many of us said earlier, struggling right now. God has set you up for victory. You are more than a conqueror. Now it says in this verse, uh, verse 37, yet in all things, all things, circle that in your Bible, in all things we are more than victorious. Hey, does all things, does that include, does that include your problems and your situation? Does that include uh, your marriage? Yes. Does that include your finances? Absolutely. Does that include your addictions? You bet it does. God has set you up to be victorious in all things. 
And you say, Fred, I, I want it. I want it, Fred. And let me tell you, you can have it. You can have it. Getting it be- completely begins with faith in Jesus. Write that down. Getting it completely begins with faith in Jesus. Some of you here today have never got to that beginning point. You can't find it in your mind. You say, well, I've gone to church off and on all my life, and yeah, I believe, but there's no point in your life where you nailed it down, where you said, today I surrender my life, and I'm inviting Jesus to be the Lord of my life, the ruler. Getting it completely begins with faith in Jesus, and getting it completely demands you're all in. You're all in. Let me say it another way. Some of us here today have been holding back. If your life was like a house, you've let the Lord into most of your house. But there's a, there's a private space in your house, a closet upstairs that you would not let Christ in. You're holding back for that area. I love what I do in there. I love what I think about when I go in there. I like those activities. And God, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, to invite you into every other part, but not that part. And I want to tell you, you will never experience it, the power, the presence the victory over issues in your life that God wants you to have, you will never perfectly reflect Christ and you will never be all that God wants you to be as a man of God, a woman of God, a godly parent until you are all in inviting Christ into that part that you've been holding back. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, and this is your time to do business with God. And I know in a message like this, I know it has touched many of you here today. And God is quietly nudging you through his Holy Spirit to follow Christ for the first time. Some of you need to do that. Just check on your connection card uh, Fred, I I want to talk to you, or I want to follow Christ. And many of you here are holding back. You're not all in, and that is why you're not experiencing the power of God in your life. And today, you want to say to God, God, I'm I'm letting you into that part, that private part I've been holding back. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Then the praise team is going to sing a song while you do business with God. And then after that, we're going to receive the offering. And I want your decision today, as indicated on that connection card, I want your decision today to be your first gift that you give to God. Heavenly Father, men and women all over this room have heard your Holy Spirit speak to them today as your word has been opened and preached. Father, I pray that you will meet with everyone today at their point of need. The most critical need is being in right relationship with you. Some here today, Lord, need to ask Christ in their life for the very first time. Some here today, Father, have been striving and failing and falling back. And Lord, today they need to have and experience victory in their life. Father, some here today have been holding back. They're not all in. They're 90%, 95, 98%, but they're not all in. They've been holding back. 
Lord, I pray today that that man and that woman will invite you into that part of their life and give it all to you. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.